Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Laurie Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Charlotte Warren. That's me. Today. There she is. (laughs) And you can watch this on YouTube too. So Charlotte is a dating content creator um, that I found on TikTok and turns out she has an incredible sense of humor and a huge following. She has a podcast called Welcome to the Peasant Party, and she explores all things modern dating and relationship, and she's a chart enthusiast, a huge influencer. Welcome, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's an honor to be here. I remember um, when I saw you on TikTok, and I I think I I followed first. I love following um, matchmaker accounts. Um, Y'all are um, for lack of a better way to put it, the, the boots on the ground where you hear from so many different daters. So I, I always think that uh, the takes and advice that matchmakers have with, especially you with a ton of experience, um, have just some of the best advice. And I always like to follow people with these good takes. So I have something to work with. Like, what are the trends? What are people seeing now? What are, you know, you guys seeing when you the people walk in the door? I think, um, you know, I've been on like Matchmaker Maria's podcast, um, have a yeah. great relationship with her. Yeah. Uh, Midwest matchmakers are awesome um, yeah. as TikTok friends as well. So really love to follow professional matchmakers and um, yeah, honored to have you as a follower and to be your friend on TikTok. Thank you. I feel the same. And, and I want to talk about Business Insider uh, quoting you in their recent article a few days ago. So let's, we'll, we'll start with that. And then I want to talk about modern, modern dating versus analog dating, I suppose, and mm-hmm. what you're seeing and how your, your take is on, on all things dating relationship. But let's start with the business insider uh, article. And I'm going to link, I'm going to throw the link into the show notes. So basically people have been using LinkedIn as a dating app and a way to connect with each other. And you were quoted, well, why don't you, why don't yeah. you give your take on if you think LinkedIn should be used as a dating app? Yeah. So, um, the, so Carrie from business insider contacted me via email. I think I did a video. Um, it might've been a stitch to somebody that was saying, uh, I think it was like younger women saying, Hey, by the way, like, look, you can just look up who the successful guys are and hit them up on LinkedIn. I think my take was that, you know, pretty, I, I think it's inappropriate just as someone who's been on LinkedIn for 10 years. I think, um, you know, especially young women who maybe aren't, don't have a reason to be on LinkedIn yet. Um, I think that it's not a good idea that they're doing that because then it's just encouraging the men who do that to do it even more and telling them that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. cause you know, they have yet to get those like thirsty messages that are kind of frustrated to get sometimes. Um, yes. so yeah, the, the reporter contacted me, um, and we had a good conversation. Of course we explored, you know, obviously, you know, she asked, do I, have I gotten those, um, in mails? Um, do people I know get them? what's kind of the gender disparity or the the demo that seems to be doing it, who's frustrated by it, and then maybe why we think it's happening. Um, I think mm-hmm. maybe my, because um, I, I, was, I was at the nail salon, it was probably like a 30 minute call, I just rambled, um, but it was a fun conversation. Um, and I think my reasoning of or why, why I think it's happening more uh, didn't maybe line up with her article. Uh, so there was definitely some things that didn't kind of come in. Um, 
but uh yeah it was it was a good it was a good and interesting conversation and yeah it definitely seems like people are trying to use LinkedIn a little more than they used to to date right and it's one thing so I work with with men and mainly women with online dating management and once we find out who somebody is prior to that person meeting them I'm doing a deep dive into who they are safety is the most important thing for me with my clients. So I'm running background checks. I'm checking them out on LinkedIn to see, do they actually have a job and are they who they're portraying themselves to be? And I'm looking at them on their socials to make sure they're not married. And then of course, some of those other sites, which will, I will remain unnamed because we're all girl code that we don't say what it is to see if other women have dated them as well. And if there's like black marks against them and huge red flags. So we're doing as much recon we can before we're sending women out or saying green flags, go for it. And LinkedIn is so useful for that reason. But let me ask you, do you think there's any like okay ways to use LinkedIn as a dating app? Like if you're like super transparent, do you think that it kind of adds, does it create this total disparity? Like for example, in the article, it said that um, tech entrepreneur um, George Hotz uh, he put a LinkedIn bio um, and he used that to kind of show that he was sort of using the site exclusively as a dating platform. And he was kind of like, here's who I am. If anybody is going to be, you know, any smart, intelligent, you know, uh, pretty women visiting San Diego, like shoot me a message and invite me out for a drink. Interesting. Um, so I think first, the, the way you mentioned um, using it as a you know, uh, a CYA type tool to make yeah. sure that the person you're you've matched with on Hinge or Tinder or, or whatever, or that you're being set up with, uh, is who they say they are. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as I think a lot of women know, um, the Google search of the first name and whatever company and title they've listed in a city, LinkedIn yeah. usually pops up, you get the last name. Um, so I think that is, I I'm a huge believer in Googling and, and doing kind of your due diligence on that. And so I think, yes, use it that use it that way. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's also that app, there's a few dating apps or like the league for, I think, for example, that use that pull information from LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of think beyond that, like, I, I think with how the market looks for, uh, you know, people that are, you know, career seekers um, or, or job seekers right now, it, it's really, it's really helpful to keep LinkedIn as a, as a tool for, um, for, for job seekers and business strictly, especially just because, yeah, a lot of people that want to use LinkedIn, they never start with, for, for dating, they never lead with a, you know, I'm here because I, I see you as attractive. I want to date you. It's a lot of times they do so under the guise of mentorship. And I get it. People don't want to be rejected. They want to have that out. But in a yeah. time where people are, you know, struggling to find work, um, people, you know, want to find the next big thing, you know, the next best opportunity. If it starts with, you know, I'd like to add you to my network, your experience looks interesting. We should totally mm-hmm. meet for coffee and, and talk mm-hmm. shop. And then, you know, someone thinks there's a job opportunity that that's not uh, quite fair, for example. I also think too, is, uh, you, you get that LinkedIn information, you find them on LinkedIn and for whatever reason, their career and that, in the kind of boring setup that LinkedIn has speaks to you, you've got mm-hmm. their name. Why not look them up on Instagram or Facebook or a site that is social? Exactly. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. Um, and actually the example I gave with George Hotz, it was, am I saying his name, right? Hotz, Hotz. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, he actually, shared his LinkedIn bio on X. That's how he mm-hmm. sort of wrapped around it. And I was like, okay, well, it's not mm-hmm. terrible, but it's kind of interesting. So tell us more about how you got into this space where you're giving dating advice and kind of what 
what inspired you to do it? And then what your reaction has been on TikTok and other social media? I do, um, yeah, it's dating content in the form of goofy visual aids. And it, it is all meant to be funny. Um, if I kind of poke fun at, at things, I try to make it in a way where I'm laughing with people or making myself the joke. Um, mm. But yeah, really how it kind of all started probably a year. It was summer of 2022. I was at a brunch table conversation with a bunch of female friends. We had, we had mimosas, you know, over brunch. So, you know, kind of um, were being jokey, talking back and forth. And I was retelling an old story about how, you know, one of my friends, I was, I said, oh yeah, the, this guy, Phil, that, you know, Ashley dated. And she stops me mid-sentence to say, we, wait, we were never, we were never dating. We were like, we weren't in a relationship. We were only talking. And it turns into this whole quabble of, um, you know, no, you, you were dating. You were going on dates with him for the course of six weeks. He was your mm-hmm. date to our company holiday party. We used to be coworkers. You, you were dating. And it was this whole back and forth over brunch and mimosas. And the women are like, you know, is it dating or talking? What about seeing? What about all these words? And yes. I think Ashley ended it with, well, fine, agree to disagree. And me being stubborn doesn't, don't, I don't take that well. So I, I think I, I drew it up. I did it on paper and it was this timeline of like, no, talking is that window of time before that first date takes place. Once you're actively going on dates, that, that's dating and people shouldn't be afraid of the word dating. And um, I took it to TikTok. I said, this is the chart. And it, I think some big influencer chick stitched it and it, it blew up. Um, people, you know, of course, debated in the comments. And it's funny because there was a lot of uh, discourse, not only along the lines of age, like obviously I think the, the trend among younger people is to call dating talking, but it's also very regional. Um, you know, someone chimed in and said, you know, uh, you know, Af- uh, AAVE, like talking is a very common thing that people say, and it feels like, you know, cultural as well, like just kind of all these words we use to talk about dating. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of had fun with it blowing up. I have a, a career in marketing. Um, you know, I was at the time, I think I had a boss tell me, you know, you should probably work on your public speaking if you want a promotion. And I said, this, this was kind of fun. Maybe I'll do this again. Uh, and kind of sat on it for a second. And then I think the next weekend I had a friend tell me, you know, this, this guy ghosted me. Uh, and you know, when I, when I think ghosting, I think, you know, somebody that you were, had something meaningful with just disappears off into the night and it's kind of traumatic, um, just to find out mid conversation that it's just some guy who stopped talking or on a dating app. And I said, wait, that's not ghosting. So I'm like, here's another idea for a video. Like what is the bar for ghosting? And I, um, was trying to draw it up on a, um, like a notebook paper. And I was like, this is too complicated. Cause I'm like, it should be like an X, Y axis. Like, I think, it's relative to, you know, how serious the relationship is, but also how much effort that you've made to make sure this person knows you're interested in seeing them again. So, cause it, it takes two to be ghosted. So I'm trying to draw it. I'm like, this doesn't work. Um, and then I had my computer, I had templates that I would use for work PowerPoints. I'm like, this will be more legible. I, I guess I'll use some of these templates I use for work. Right. And then I, I drew up, I said, you know, we've, we've kind of, we've watered down the term ghosting so much to where it means nothing anymore. Here's the bar for ghosting. Uh, and it's fun. And I made it really funny where it was, you know, going all the way from, you know, first dates all the way through marriage. And then the effort you make, because the idea is how much effort have you made to let the ghoster know that you're interested in seeing them again, the more clear it is to them, the mm-hmm. less room they have to say, you know, I didn't realize they were interested. Because so many times I think a ghosting is more of what I would call a fizzle. You know, two people go on a date, yeah. no one says anything to the other and you yeah. just assume, oh, you know, they didn't, they didn't have fun. Lo and behold, they're waiting for a text and they think you ghosted them. Um, right. And it's, goes all the way from silence, you know, basic pleasantries. Thanks. I had a nice time. Um, you know, a, a call to action. Hey, how are you today? Or invitation like, Hey, like, would you like to go to the movies on Thursday? If you send them that they don't, and they don't respond. Um, you know, it's clear you wanted to see them again, ghosting. And it's funny because it goes all the way up to contact authorities 
which makes it, it's, it seems kind of silly. You wouldn't do that on a first date. You, you do hear of people doing that where they get ghosted and someone goes and calls the morgue to see if someone <laughs> found a body there. But if you up and leave a spouse um, with nothing to be like, with no note, um, you know, no message back, it would make sense that someone would say, call the police. Oh my gosh, they're missing. I can't find them. So yeah. it, it, I kept it humorous and that one blew up. And then it was kind of like, I think we've got a niche on our hands. And I, I kind of kept going with it. And something mm-hmm. that I think worked really well was kind of going with these like goofy dating buzzwords that are brand new. Like they've, some of them have barely hit the dictionary. They don't really have a clear definition. I think a lot of them exist on a spectrum. Mm. Uh, So it's been a lot of like, what does this silly word mean? Making fun of the fact that the word has to exist at all. Uh, Things like that. And I I have a lot of fun with it. I like to think of myself, um, like if you think of, uh, say, you know, a podcast like Pardon Might Take, a sports podcast that Barstool Mm. runs the hosts of it. Um, they have never been athletes. They have never been coaches. They are not coaches of, of a sports team. They just have kind of funny things to say about it. They take special interest in it. That's yeah. kind of how I see myself. I'm not a dating coach. I, I don't kind of do a, a walkthrough of my romantic life or anything. I just kind of have some things to say from the sidelines that maybe people will find entertaining. Maybe people can relate to or commiserate with, but right. yeah, that's kind of what I do. Kind of a, a long-winded run around. No, that's great. It's a wonderful description and it's, it's hilarious. You're, you're so funny. I'll, I'll land on one of your TikToks and it's essentially a screen with depicting a chart or whatnot. (laughs) And you literally yelling at your computer and I'm like, oh God, there's the yeller again. There she is. Like, what is she, what is she talking about? Let me, let me find out. Cause you're very emphatic. So I should say that instead of yelling an emphatic voice pointing at the screen saying, here's the deal. And it's just so, it's so uh, emotive and wonderful. So I think you're doing a great job. And I agree with the, everything that you've said so far, especially about the ghosting and I, and, and also the talking stages, like even with online dating, like I always tell my clients, you know, when you're having, when you're DMing somebody, when you're messaging, that's not dating, that's to decide if you want to meet somebody. And that first date is, it's not a date. It's a meeting to decide if you want to even go on a first date with them. Mm-hmm. And then even dates one through five, you're still not dating until you've decided that you want to really be exclusive with somebody. And that's when it becomes more serious where, and that's not even necessarily even a relationship. That doesn't even mean you're in love when you decide you're going to be exclusive. It just means that you've decided not to go out with anyone else to even see if this could be a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. why I love that right? But a lot of people get so confused and even feel guilty about messaging more than one person at the same time because mm-hmm. they're afraid of cheating or meeting more than one person at the same time. And that's why I always tell people just go romantic light and you can date, meet <laughs> and message as many people as you want until you decide that you want to be completely exclusive and it's smart to to interact that way with people. Yeah, no, I and I totally agree. I think everyone just has such different style styles of dating too. Like I think, I think multi-dating, I think there's some people, um, where they, they like to date one person at a time and that's just what works for them. Like I, I always felt like I was that way before I, I got into a relationship. And for me, it was just, I have ADHD and I would mix, I feel like I would mix up names or stories. I felt like even when I would have dates that were like too close together, if it was a new person, I was like, wait, I thought I told that, did I not tell that story already? And I, I mix up things like that. Um, and then you, I would just get feelings of guilt. Cause I remember I would have friends tell me, you know, you should be dating. You should, you know, always have somebody else you're talking to or dating that way. You don't, you know, get, um, 
so caught up in one person. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, but for me, it was just like, I need to be able to like, this is how, you know, I, I know, um, that this, that this person is right versus, you know, do I spread myself too thin or do I put it all in, in one person? That's just what worked for me. But there's other people who say, um, you know, I don't know yet. Like I, 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 I'm someone that dates with the way I end up in relationships. Things just tend to be a slow burn for me. So it's not this spark. I need to have, you know, a few dates. I need to be able to compare them against other people, not have this sunken cost feeling. Uh, so yeah. I, I think it really, the styles we date really vary. And it, sometimes it takes a while to figure out what works for you. Definitely. I love that. And what are some of the recent buzzwords that maybe people haven't even heard about, oh, about goodness. starting dating? Putting I'm you on the spot here. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like oh, I, I, I know one situationship but, that's been around for a minute, but mm-hmm. I do feel like now everybody's getting to know it. Yes, and I think that yeah, that one you hear more, and also people get very confused on what it, what is a situationship in the first place. Because I think mm-hmm. there's my 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 take is a situationship is you know something that is a casual situation where people want the perks of a relationship without the responsibility. So you want to be able to have date night with somebody one night, um, but you don't want to pick them up from the airport or be their plus one to a random wedding in, you know, Wyoming for people you don't know, like you you want all the, all the perks and then at your convenience, that's my thought on what a situation ship is, but some people refer to, you know, as um, a dating situation, you've been going on dates with someone you're not in a relationship with yet as a situation ship. Um, it's so interesting because that word, it's one of those that nobody has really locked in what it means. Um, I think you don't situationship your way into a relationship. Uh, if yeah. someone that I was dating, not yet in a relationship with said, oh yeah, our, we're in a situationship. I would say, well, hold on, wait a second. What do we mean by that? Um, it's, right. it's an interesting one. Yeah. Any others come to mind that, that are standouts for you? Um, gosh, like I, I feel like the thing, like, I feel like we have watered down the, the definition of ghosting for sure. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one that, um, yeah, like I, I think ghosting, I think, um, breadcrumbing I've seen pop up a bit, a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, bread, yeah, breadcrumbing is when you kind of do this like slow fade type of situation type of thing, um, where it's, you are been seeing somebody and then you just start giving them less and less as your way of like sneaking out. You don't just ghost and, and disappear right away. You mm-hmm. give little tidbits and just kind of hope to fizzle out. But yeah. the thing is with some of these words, you know, go, like even ghosting, um, breadcrumbing, a lot of them speculate on a, a person's intent. Like a, a person who says, oh, this person's breadcrumbing me. They think that other person is sitting in their house, you know, strategically mapping out a plan. Okay. I'm going to go shorter and shorter of a message, mm-hmm. longer and longer amount of time between texts. Um, you know, I'm just going to sneak off in the night or the ghoster is Oh, I better get out of here. Like, you know, dodge any attempts at communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times those things are ha- that are happening. The person on the other end isn't evil. They're just not interested. Um, yeah. And be- like, it, the per- they're not sitting there saying, oh, I, I got to get out of here. They're just kind of, you know, they see the text in their phone. Oh, I'll get back to this later because that person's not a priority. Like the assumption, that's something I feel like you see a lot um, with any of these buzzwords is the assumption that the other person, uh, the person on the other end is this maniacal evil person with a diabolical plot to make you sad. And that's never the case. No, it really isn't. You know what I did a video on recently was limerence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people hadn't heard about that yet. Have you done anything on limerence yet? I, ha- I haven't. What is limerence? So it's basically, it's the same feeling as falling in love, except it's a little, it has addiction qualities to it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to that where you get just like tons of dopamine hits off of mm-hmm. uh, the idea that you're in love with somebody, but you're not, you're, you're in love with the idea of that person and not necessarily that person. Mm-hmm. So it basically puts you into this like high alert status of, um, of being in love when it isn't actually love. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think so. I think, mm-hmm. I think, and I, I think I'm, I'm trying to, I hope this applies to what I'm, what I'm going to say here, but I think a lot of people get, um, and I think you can get it totally sober, no, not a sip of alcohol, but what I think is a date high where people get really excited on a date. They are having fun. They have another person smiling back at them. They have mm-hmm. an opportunity to maybe you know tell stories about when they were growing up because they're having fun date conversations. And I think a lot of people, you know, they overpromise and they end up overpromising and under delivering, or they mm-hmm. say, you know, like I, I guess pillow talk, not necessarily in the bedroom, but things that they think sound good in the moment. And they genuinely believe them to be true as they're saying them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, they go home next day, they wake up to work and then it's kind of like, Hmm. You know, it was, I, I, th- I thought I meant it when I said it, or maybe they think, you know, Oh, you know, we all talk like that. Um, yeah. and then, you know, the thing that they promised the other person that that other person might be holding to them. Like if they said, you know, Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to take a ballroom dance class. Oh, we should totally do that. Yeah, let's do it. And then the next right. day, Hey, um, you know, we talked about ballroom dance class. Are we going to go, are we going to go? Oh, wait a second. Like, I think that kind of thing happens all the time. Like that. And yeah. people will call it, um, what's it future faking, I think is a buzzword people have slapped onto that. Um, but of course it's one of those where people make it seem like it's this maniacal manipulative thing, like, oh, they're future faking you. They're telling you lies about the future to get something in the present. Mm. Um, but Mm. I think it's one of those, I think it's uh, people just get high on the date. They, I think Mm. I said like high on your supply or something. I think (laughs) it's just something that happens a lot. Totally. And I've had situations where, you know, a woman calls me up crying. Oh, I don't understand. He talked about going to the Panthers game next weekend. And now he's telling me that he you know, wants to break up. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. And it's kind of a little bit of a people pleasing. Like I want them to like me. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say these things to them, even if they're not interested. And, and sometimes somebody will become more interested in someone if they, if the other person starts talking about future items, they can kind of let their guard down and think, okay, this person's really interested in me. Now I can relax and enjoy and know that there's a little bit of something there, Mm -hmm. um, promises of something in the future. So I guess always take things with a grain of salt and act speak louder than words. I think so too. You can, because anyone can say anything. It's the hard thing to do. It's, it's easy to use your hands and text. It's hard to go places with your feet. Look at like, look at what people are Look at their feet, not their hands is what I've, I've heard some people say. But I also think, um, you know, in, in some cases, the reverse is also true because people say, look at the actions, not the words. But I think it's more so the actions should should match the words. Um, mm-hmm. Something I see, like I'm, I'm in Austin, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm 30. I have, I have friends who are single as well. And, um, you know, they're dating, you know, guys who have gotten who've, who've made made something of themselves. They're successful. They've got a good income stream now. Um, and something I see a lot with, um, you know, happening to female friends is the guy will take them on a nice date. Um, he'll bring the, he'll have some event. I, you know, I, I would like come as my date and it'll be this thing or this date or this interaction that just feels extravagant or, you know, they come, they go over to, um, you know, have movie night and he orders sushi from a nice restaurant, probably, you know, oh my gosh, 200 bucks worth of sushi. He must like me. Um, and it yeah. turns out like, you know, kind of these actions and gestures are relative. Sometimes people just, you know, they, they like to have 
an attractive woman on their arm that, um, yeah. you know, they, they like these one-off nice dates, especially as you're a guy getting older. Um, you know, you have less of the, you know, going out with the boys type situations. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, maybe it's, you know, what you see on, on the bachelor and stuff like that, but, um, assigning weight to some of those action to those actions, um, you know, cause you believe actions speak louder than words. And maybe it, it didn't mean what you thought it did. Like, oh my gosh, he, he took me on these nice dates. He spent all this money on me. He you know brought me as a, a guest to this award ceremony. Of course he wants to date me seriously. Right. Wait a second. He doesn't. Um, so I think it's, you know, not just the actions, but do the actions match the words is something to yeah. keep an eye out for too. A hundred percent. So you talk about modern dating. Yes. So how, in your estimation, how do you think modern dating is different from pre pre-modern dating, analog dating, whatever it is that you're comparing modern dating to? I so I'll be honest. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm thirty. I'm thirty. I'm thirty years old. Um, when yeah. I was in, uh, I think it was it was 2013, 14, I just got out of a relationship and and Tinder came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it was it was cool because it was all people in your college town. Uh, and so it was people that you like vaguely recognized from class. And it was kind of like, oh, sweet. It was more of like, I have this opportunity to talk to this person. I had no excuse to talk to. I yeah. think it connected with Facebook. So you could see if there were mutual friends involved. But I remember when like Tinder came out. And then um, I think a few years later, I was out of college and Bumble came out. So I really haven't known adult dating without apps. I've obviously seen the apps evolve. I've seen you know, like COVID, for example, hit where people seem to get like super reliant on the apps. I've seen the the buzzwords change, but, um, you know, I've definitely talked to people um, both on my podcast, just in the, in the dating space where they talk about pretext, like how things were different pretexting. Yeah. Um, you know, you go yeah. back and watch, he's not that into you and you see that they call each other because texting, they still had the the flip phones and stuff uh, in those shows. So I don't know what to com- compare it to. And sometimes I think some people have said, you know, people were people romanticize kind of, um, you know, pre-modern dating. And they said, you know, just because, um, you know, even with if even without the, the tools and um, kind of modern technology that's changed dating, like those the excuses were were still there. Like um, mm-hmm. someone even joked like, you know, back in the day, it wasn't just, um, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so busy with work. It's, you know, my horse and buggy just like broke on my way there. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so it seems like, I feel like there is a little bit of like, the more things change, the more they stay the same, um, from what it sounds like. Well, what I was just thinking, cause I'm Gen X. So boys used to write me letters and oh. like, can you imagine now somebody taking the time and effort to actually write a letter? Well, when we got a letter, it was like, no big deal. It's like, okay, Chris mm-hmm. just sent me a letter. It's like, okay, John just sent me a letter. It's fine. That's how we communicate. Sean, I just got a letter from Sean, but I never thought it was like even that big a deal. I mean, it was great mm-hmm. to receive a letter, but, and that's kind of like, even now, like, mo- like texting, modern, modern day mm-hmm. texting. And even back then, you know, they would, they would, when they asked you out on a date, that's when it was the big deal, like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier. So, um, but picking up the phone and making a phone call. I mean, that's the only way we knew how to communicate. It was the only, I mean, and sometimes your mother picked up the line as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in high school and wants to know who you're talking to on the other line, which is the most embarrassing thing in the world, as you can only imagine for a teenager. And we talked on the phone for hours and it was just different. I feel like you can connect to somebody in a much deeper way with hearing their voice and whatnot. So obviously there is a lot that is um, being missed in mm-hmm. modern being and it, it is a pity and a shame. However, the 
apps are such a wonderful way to be able to connect with people outside of your small little tiny town so that the entire world is an option for you. And that being said, having the world as an option for you makes it even more difficult. And especially for, it's not like even people with, you know, ADHD, which I have as well, undiagnosed, but for sure I have it. But men, I think when they have too many options, it's never a good thing. Yeah. Or the illusion of too many options. Right. Exactly. Or they think that just because they're on the same dating app as some hot woman, that that means that that's the kind of person that they can get. Yeah. And I, I think so many of these things too, um, it's all a double-edged sword. Like the, this, these new, this new tech of dating apps, um, it exposes you to people you wouldn't have otherwise been able to meet. You know, there's, you know, um, you know, kind of diversity, uh, in that way versus just, you know, the people you meet at work, it kind of the same social circle, like people are really branching out and meeting some, you know, exciting people that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten a date. And sometimes something really beautiful can comes with that, but it's also created a lot of noise. Um, so it's just, I, like, I, I think, and I, like you said, I think, um, for everybody, there's a lot of like non-options in a way where it's like, yeah, you have all these matches, but um, you know, are all matches created equal? Like what was one person's, you know, thumb swipe versus another's like was, was one person's, oh my gosh, this is, they like this TV show that nobody likes swipe right. And then was another, you know, poop it like pooping. Oh, she's kind of pretty swipe. Right. And it's like, right. we all kind of equate, we all think matches are created equal or the same kind of thought process went into it. But then you look at your list of matches, especially as a woman where you get so many matches and you're just like, which ones here are really interested or which ones here are serious. And so much so that sometimes you just, you throw your phone at the wall. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, it, and, and I think it becomes an addiction. It's almost like when you're on TikTok for an hour and a half and you're like, Oh crap, I just spent a lot of time on TikTok tonight. And versus being on an app where you're just aimlessly scrolling. And yeah. It and, and that is what people do is they they're lonely at night or they're bored Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, might as well get on Hinge, might as well get on Bumble. And they're just in it, but they're not in it for the, it's not intentional mm -hmm. oftentimes. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, yeah. And I think people just chase, chase, a, end up chasing a ghost. Like, mm -hmm. you know, chase, oh, I, you know, sometimes you have to throw away good to get great. And then they, there's, you know, burn the hand to in the bush and then they're empty handed. Um, you know, I think kind of the wondering of, which, what is, how am I supposed to feel when things are right? Does that feeling I think I'm supposed to feel even exist? Oh my gosh, look at this phone full of digital baseball cards of attractive people. I will never run out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that there's, it's, I think also just there's a certain type of personality that I think maybe is affected by it. Like the person who's like that, I think uh, Logan Yuri, who writes like how to not die alone calls yeah. them like the maximizers where it's, um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you convince yourself that, if you don't, if not everything's perfect, you're settling. Um, I think it really kind of that, that person is really affected negatively by modern dating, I would say. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with you. Um, this is great. Um, I always keep my podcast to like 30 minutes, so I don't want to keep you, but I, I, I encourage everyone to, to follow Charlotte on Charlotte W on TikTok, and it's so much fun and you're doing really a wonderful job. Thank you. I have so much fun with it. I would be honored to have anyone listening today uh, as a follower. So I am at welcome to the peasant party, all one word on TikTok, Instagram. Um, yeah, the, the name is kind of kind of a funny one. I, I picked it. And by the time I started doing TikToks, it was too late to change it. And I think it's kind of memorable. Um, I think it also works because I think 
I do a lot of, you see on TikTok, like a lot of like, oh, I've got to be this high, high value dater. And I think um, I do a lot of like what I would call the modern, modern day peasant, the average Joe, um, you know, people just relatable kind of everyday person um, is kind of my, my audience. Um, and then on uh, YouTube to watch the podcast is the Peasant Party Podcast. Welcome to the Peasant Party. We'll take you there. You can listen to that on um, iTunes or any other podcast platform as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.